0: have your bibles let's go back uh to uh uh matthew the sixth chapter verse number 11 uh we've been listen uh, yeah, let's let's go to matthew six chapter verse number 11 uh we left off uh with our teaching on demonstration right we're talking about how to move forward in faith and how to be that church that god ordained and called for us to be can i get a witness uh it's so critically important for us as born again believers to learn how to walk in unity Amen. It's so critical for us as born-again believers to learn how to do life God's way. And, and we need each other, and we have to get to the point to where we are as born-again believers walking according to God's word. So Matthew, the sixth chapter, let's start back there, because we, we, we talk about the fact that Jesus is our model and example for authentic community, right? Jesus, what Jesus developed with his disciples is embodied in the word community, we said. Living in community with Jesus, the disciples follow his teaching and his example. Demonstration is point number five that we've been talking about in trying to get to the point where we can see and follow how Jesus interfaced with his disciples. So in in here, uh, we left off here, we said that in the the model prayer that Jesus gave us, these were, most theologians, theologians believe were index sentences because they did not have a Bible, uh, written, most people didn't have a written Bible at that time because even as Jesus walked the earth, the New Testament was had not been canonized. They had Old Covenant Scripture, Old Testament Scripture, but everybody didn't have one, so they would do index sentences to teach them to to remember certain things that were re- very important for them to remember. And so he goes in, he begins to teach them how to pray, and the six index sentences are are, are what we call topics for prayer that that we should put into our prayer life, right? So he says, let's let's back up into, uh, let's go to verse number nine. right? I don't want to start in the middle of that. Okay, Jesus saw to it that his disciples learned his way of living with God and man. Because it's easy for us, if we're not careful, to talk about our relationship with God and then leave out our relationship with man. But how many of you realize that God has called upon each one of us to not only live in connection with him, but it's called upon us to live in connection with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. All right? Your vertical relationship with God cannot be right when your horizontal relationship with people is all out of whack. For all of you to think that I'm just saying I'm going to heaven now and, and I just love Jesus, but like you can't stand people. All right? I just read to you about Unity in the Church, uh, Rick Warren's devotion that was, that was spot on. There's no perfect church. Because we are imperfect people, and the moment that we step our imperfect self inside of a, a, a church building or congregation, it, it ceases to be perfect any longer. Are y'all tracking with today? So he began to teach them how to pray. They want, they want, he wanted to know how to pray, and I told you this before. He's demonstrating how they should do life. And so if Jesus taught them how to pray, then that means that there is a pattern to prayer. And that we can't just go on our own and do it like we want to do it. Because a lot of times in America, Christians in America think that it's my way, I want to do it my way. If I don't want to do it, I want to do it. I'll do it how I want to do it. And the pastors say do something, I don't want to do it. I'm a man. No man tell me what to do. Well, if you're going to be a Christian who's pleasing God, you're going to have to learn how to operate under kingdom authority. And see, we're citizens of the kingdom first and foremost. Before we are our own individuals. Can they get a witness? And he says this after this manner, therefore, praying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Keep reading. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Come on, give us this day. Y'all know about the Lord, our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now again, I get I, Jesus gives these six these six indexes. We talked about, if you put that up, we talked about number one, worship. We, we we've already covered that. We talked about allegiance, right? We talked about submission. We talked about petition. And we left off with confession on last week. And we got one more on popping up: uh, deliverance. Okay? Now most of us. Focus in, if we're honest about it, most of us focus in on petition when it comes to our prayer life. What is petition? I'm asking God for something. I want God to do this for me right now. I want God to to heal my body. I want God to restore my broken relationship. I want God to give me a new job. I want God to bless my finances. Hello? Hello? And there's nothing in the world wrong with petitioning God for those things. But our prayer life has to be much, if it's going to be effective, has to be much deeper and much richer than that. Jesus gave them an order. And there's order in our prayer life. And most of us, if we're honest about it, if we, it, we'll, we'll, we'll jump, we, we'll skip all over number one, number two, number three, and go right to number four. Am I right about it? And there is an order that Jesus gives him. As again, uh, notice this the, 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 how, how, how this index sentence follows in the Lord's Prayer. Petition comes after we have worshiped our Father, given Him our allegiance, and submitted to His will. That's when we can begin to petition Him. We worship Him giving him our allegiance and submitted to his will. So what does it mean to give him our allegiance? That means that I, as a born-again believer, take the time to say I'm going to let my will take a subservient role to God's will. What I want takes a back seat to what God wants. But most believers in our churches don't do that. They go directly to petition after not having worshipped God, after not not having uh, pledged their allegiance to God and not after not having submitted their will to him. We want some stuff from God. We want them to do it. We want to do it right now, Lord. And see, God is saying there is an order. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and if he taught them how to pray, then that means that it's incumbent upon us to learn how to pray also if we want to have an effective prayer life. You can't just go to God any kind of way. Now, when you are a baby Christian and just learning, God will show you grace. It's just like anybody else. When you go to a job and you're new on the job and you make a bunch of mistakes when you first start out, people kind of, you know, they, they, they know you're new and you don't know all the protocol, right? But it's been five years and you're making the same mistakes. You probably will not still be there. Are you with me today? Because God expects us to grow. The Bible says as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word so that we may what? Grow thereby. So it's important for us to realize there's an order to our prayer life. So petition comes after we worship, after we've given him our allegiance, after we've submitted to his will. Then and only then are we spiritually ready to ask him to supply our need. You're not even spiritually ready to ask the Lord for some of the stuff you've been asking him. I know this, 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 this is kind of hitting home with some of you because what, what, what ends up happening is we start blaming God because God didn't do what we asked Him to do and we never even worship Him. We never even, we, allegiance to God, we don't, even, we don't even care what His Word says. We don't even study His Word. And God's Word, God's will is in His Word. We haven't submitted our will to His will. Go back real quickly. If you're popping up, Brother Jay. Go back to Psalms 37, verse 4 through 5, with right quick. This is one one of my favorite passages of scripture to quote. And and it it speaks to the heart of the order in which we should do things. Psalms 37, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 5 right quick. Are y'all still with me today? All right. Petition. Can we read together? It says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. The KJV says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Look at the next verse, verse five. Watch this. Commit everything you do to him, right? Trust him, and he will help you. Go to the KJV on that verse right now. I love the way it reads, okay? I want you to listen to this right quick, because many many of us, come to the Lord and ask for petitions When we never really worship, we never pledge allegiance, we never submit our will to his will, but we want God to do some stuff for us. And we get disappointed and mad at God because he didn't do what we had asked him to do. And yet we haven't done what he asked us to do. We do have responsibility. Y'all know that, right? There is something that God requires of us as believers, and one of the first things he wants you to do is to learn of him. Jesus says, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my life, But until you learn of him, until you submit yourself to a process of discipleship, until you're willing to say, God, I'm going to learn. I'm, even though I, I didn't like school, God, but I'm in your school right now. And that's the problem with a lot of people. I don't like to read. Baby, if you don't like to read, you're not going to get to know God. And if you, even if you can't read, you can listen. I'm trying to help us up in there. Listen to what the psalmist said, commit thy way unto the Lord. What does that mean? If I commit my way unto something, that means that I am going to govern myself according to that one who I've committed my way unto. That means that my life, every decision I make, every, every place I go, how I deal with people has to be based off of what God's word says and not based off of my feelings. I'm telling you, when it comes to unity, you'll never get to the point to where you can operate under the premise of what Jesus Christ has told us he wants not to operate on until you learn how to deny, deny self. You got you got to learn how to die to self. And there, what I discovered, there are too many people in our churches who haven't died to their self. They won't. In other words. I, I can. You can know what God's word says, but you're not going to do it because you feel a certain kind of way. Let me just scope you all out today. I, got, I feel a spirit up in this place. <laughs> and I feel a prophetic knowing upon the pastor this morning. And I'm going to speak truth to you in love. I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm going to challenge you to commit your way unto the Lord. I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to keep preaching. If, 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 if what we're doing is not right as individuals, I want to challenge you to look at yourself and say, stop looking at everybody else. And say, what is, the, what is it that the Lord requires of me? What does God require of me? Not everybody else, but what does he require of me? Because I promise you, when you stand before the, ju- be my judgment of Christ, you're not going to stand for me and I'm not going to stand for you. It's going to be you and you alone. Well, you know, Lord, you know, uh, 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 I would have, you know, pastor been talking about building a multi-ethnic church. he has been talking about unity, but you know, uh, you know, I just can't stand certain people. And, you know, and that's just the way I am. Well, baby, let me tell you something. When you come, if you ever get there, because hear, hear me carefully, you can't love God and hate people. And so you may even think you're saved, but you're not even really saved. Because if you got, if you got, now it's one thing to be struggling with something and, and know what God's word says. say, so you know, I got to get over some things that hurt me. But it's another thing to, to just totally ignore what God's word says and say, well, I'm not going to do it because that's not what I want to do. You may not ever get to the beam of judgment seat of Christ. The beam of judgment seat of Christ is reserved for believers, and we're going to be judged based on how we live our Christian life here on earth. Amen. But my point is this. You can't stand for nobody but, but, but yourself. And so while you're pointing at Danny, pointing at Charles, talking about what Brenda didn't do, that, that's not going to fly at the beam of judgment seat of Christ because he's going to judge you based off of your works and how you live this life. Are you all with me? So watch what the psalmist says. Can y'all read with me out loud and on purpose? It says what? Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in, in him and he shall bring it to pass. Now, what is it? Back up, back up, back up. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee what? Desires of thine heart. Let's fold to verse five. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it. It is the desires of your heart. He shall bring it to pass. So there's an order, guys, to receive it from God, and we cannot just haphazardly throw something up and say, God, just bless it. Now, again, it's one thing if we're new in Christ, but some of y'all have been sitting there for a long period of time, and I'm going to be honest with you, as your pastor, uh, uh, I love you, but I expect more from you. I literally expect more for you. You've been been here doing ministry together for 10, 15 years and you're still at the same level that you were 15 years ago? It's time to grow up. I said it's time to grow up. I'm gonna say it again. It's time for us to grow up and start living this word out so that the world can see God's love being manifested through us to them. So they can see the unity amongst the believers so that what Jesus said in John the 17th chapter becomes a reality. He says that, that, that we experience such perfect unity that the world will believe that you sent me and that the world will know God the Father that you love them. So we got to get there. Are y'all ready for the journey? Ah, y'all don't sound like y'all are. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready for the journey? I got some golden vessels over here. Sister Henry, Sister, Sister Kirk. I know y'all ready for the journey, right? Because Henry says steady ready. I like that. (laughs) Look at the neighbor and say steady ready. ready. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I tell you guys, I'm I'm here to tell you, I love my golden vessels because they're not complainers and whiners like some of you younger folks. I told you I had a prophetic anointing on them. See, they learn how to persevere. They learn how to go through things. They learn how to not complain. Remember that song, I Won't Complain, years ago? Because the Lord's been good. They realize the Lord has been good to them. And they don't don't quit when when things get a little little sketchy or things get a little tight or there's a disagreement. They don't walk away. They learn how to persevere. And some folks change church like they change shoes. Now, I'm not saying that God won't move you, but if you change in churches every six months because nobody's right, I just read to you that there's no perfect church and you up in there and it's, it's amazing how we can see all the faults in everybody else but not allow God to deal with us in our own imperfections. All right, so I, I got to get so, so So confession, petition. Uh, we got we, we to do some things before we get to that point of petition. God gives us our daily bread. I told you on last week, he doesn't give us our 10-year bread. That's the reason why he said daily bread. You, you know, uh, in Deuteronomy 8 and 11, uh, as, it, as the Israelites were ready to enter the promised land, God warned them, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Yeah. He constantly told them, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Why were the Israelites in danger of forgetting God? Because they were going into a good land. And if they were not careful, they would forget that God gave it to them. Can y'all go to Deuteronomy 8 with me, verse number 17? Watch this, watch this. I just want to share this with you as we, as we move down this, this ladder of index sentences. As Jesus taught us how to pray, he taught us how to pray. So if he taught us how to pray, wouldn't it be incumbent upon us to learn the patterns of prayer and learn the order for prayer? Maybe your prayers are not being answered because you got stuff out of order. You go straight to put this, Lord, I need. And God says, it's first worship our father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Have you learned how to magnify the Lord? I like what the psalm says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Together. Exalt to means to build up his name together. So when we come into this place of worship, are we listening online? You stand, you stand down in your living room or at your kitchen table? being a part of the worship experience. Now, again, we know that worship is more than just singing, but it's a part of it, but worship is a lifestyle. Let us exalt his name. The psalmist David said, let us exalt his name, what? Together. What do you do with that when you come to this? Well, you know, I'm just quiet. I just, I just, you know, I just, I, I become silent before the Lord. There's a place for silence, but there's a place for exalting him, what? Together. So, we're going to lift him up. So, get, get the order correct. And thou... And thou say in thine heart, watch this, my power and the might of mine hand have gotten me this wealth. Because remember, they were going to a land that was flowing milk and honey, a land that God had promised them, land of Canaan, and it was a very fertile, rich land. And he says, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power and the ability to get wealth. So one of the things I've, I've, I've taught you in years past is that God, if God gives us, like he did to the nation of Israel, the ability and the power to get wealth, he doesn't have a problem with the Christians having wealth. The problem is, he wanted to make sure that Israel, the Israelites, those who who he he had delivered from slavery, wouldn't get into the land and forget it was God that brought them the deliverance. So God, as a matter of fact, God wants to bless you with more so that he can use you to bless somebody else. Can I get a witness? So, guys, we 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 can do this. Listen, he says, He says, and thou shalt, and and thou say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this work. Well, look at verse number 18. Watch this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. That he why why does God give us power to get wealth? Why did he give the Israelites power and authority to get wealth? Why? That he may do what? Establish wealth. His covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Now watch this. He gives them the power to get wealth, so that through their wealth they can help establish the covenant that he swear unto their fathers. So every job you have, every, every source of income that comes in your hand, God gives it to you, so that you can assist him in establishing his covenant in the earth realm. Are y'all tracking with me today? It is he that giveth us the power. To get with. Don't forget that again, Jesus in Matthew the 6th chapter used bread here to represent all of our physical needs in petitioning. He was saying that if we are taking care of God's priorities and concerns, we won't have to worry about our bread. I got to repeat that. He was saying to us that if we are taking care of God's priorities and concerns, we won't have to worry about our bread. If we are serving God's kingdom, the king will cover our needs. And somebody needs to hear that right now. You may be struggling right now. You may be in a place of tight. I tell you before, Mareri and I know what tight looks like. We know what it feels like. We've been there. But we've trusted God through that. Amen? There's things that we got to do individually as, as, as believers. We can't be irresponsible. Amen? Uh, and, and we can't just go our own way, but God, God will see you through whatever situation you find yourself in if you commit your way unto Him. Amen. Now, watch this. Watch this. So, so again, he, 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 he was saying that if we are taking care of God's priority concerns, we won't have to worry about our bread. If we are serving God's kingdom, the King will cover our needs. Uh, how, how many of y'all have to travel out of town on business trip periodically with your, with your company? Any of y'all? Or you go to a conference or something, right? How many of y'all were in the military, in the in, in ex-military? All right. Uh, when, whenever you're in the military or if you're traveling out of town uh, for uh, your company's business, I remember mean, when I was in banking, we were, when I was in the review, we would go into different uh, cities in, uh, where we had branches and we would go evaluate the loan portfolio of that branch, okay? So we would travel uh, on behalf of the bank. So when I'm traveling on behalf of the bank, guess what? The bank takes care of my expenses. Are y'all with me today? When you, Connie, you you just spent two weeks in in Montgomery, Alabama, right? And 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 the company I would dare say took care of your expenses while you were there in Alabama. Am I right about it? And if I'm when you go to your conferences, it may your nonprofit takes care of those expenditures while you're doing company business. So we understand that in the physical, why is it that we can't understand that in the spiritual realm? When we're doing God's business, God will take care of our physical needs. Are y'all with me today? If we learn how to trust him, even when you're in the military, when military families move quite often, and the government helps to move them. i right about it, Henry. They don't, they don't tell you to pay all your moving expenses. They take care of the move because you're on duty assignment for the military, for the, for the military of these United States of America. But what we, what we do so often, guys, is we let our physical needs get ahead of our spiritual priorities. And we wind up messed up on both, both ends. When you make bread an end of itself, then your only concern is what, when, when, when we're going to eat you're only concerned about wh- wh- where's the bread going to come from. You don't care too much who provides the bread. You just want to eat. And that's what many Christians are. They just want to eat. They don't care who provided, it. And they're, they're not spending time worshiping God, pledging their allegiance, to, submitting to his will. We just want the bread. But everybody said there's an order. See, Jesus' example in the wilderness, he us that God is more, is more important than our physical satisfaction. We, when we find our satisfaction in him, then the promise of Philippians 4 and 19 kicks in. He says, but my God shall supply all of my need according to what? His riches in glory by what? Christ Jesus. So this, 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 this prayer when he says uh, 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 that, that, that give us this day our daily bread, in other words, you can't be concerned only about your needs in prayer. Prayer that never gets beyond me and my needs is not something God can bless. Although God wants to supply your needs. I, I, I like what David said, the psalmist said in Psalms 37 25. says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Nobody in here looks like you're starving. <laughs> Do I look like I'm starving? Alright now, all right. Y'all, y'all going a little bit too far. Okay. I just threw it out there parenthetically, but now you you you're making a joke out of it, okay? Watch 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 mouth. I'm just joking. Okay? All right, all right, petition. So 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 there's an order, guys. Everybody say there's an order. The provision we are taught to pray for is supplied this day. Jesus emphasized the dailyness of God's supply. Okay, and again, the best example of that, if you go back and study uh, biblical history, is the is the is the children of Israel in the wilderness. People were hungry, so God rained down a white, flaky system called manna. Manna was bread from heaven, and God's instruction was that the Israelites were only to gather enough for each day. All right, so uh, so enough for each day. So if they gather more than for than a day, the stuff would do what? Start to rot, spoil. Because what, what was God doing? They had been in slavery, guys, for 400 plus years, depending upon the Egyptians to feed them. And now God is trying to take them to the place of promise, but he had to get them out of that dependence on Egypt. How many know you can be delivered out of slavery but still have a slave mentality? Are y'all with me today? See, God could have delivered you, but you still are locked up thinking like you were when you were still in Egypt. Look at the neighbor and say, Neigh- neighbor, neighbor. Come, out come out of Egypt. See, God wants to do some supernatural things in your life, but you're sitting there still thinking like you did in 1965. Baby, this is a new day. And God wants to use you to do some supernatural things. But you got to get out of that mindset. Well, it ain't, it ain't nobody. What did I tell y'all last week? Don't, I'm the wrong guy to come talk about what people won't let you do. Either your God is powerful enough to to take you beyond any opposition that comes your way, or he's not. See, I believe because I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced God make a way out of no way. I've experienced God being my bread in starving land, my water in dry places, my doctor in a sick room, my lawyer in a courtroom. I've experienced that, so I trust him to do anything except fail. So now what about you? How much complaining have you been doing? How much whining and how much focusing have you been doing on the opposition rather than the opportunity? See, here's what I do. Even if I find myself wanting to complain, I go to the word. And I put the promise before my eyes. And I begin to renew my mind with the word of God. To chase out those, 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 those ill-gotten feelings that are rising up on the inside of me and I don't want to make any excuse for why I can't do what God told me to do. All right. So, now, too many Christians spend all their time complaining about why I can't rather than saying, God, you're the supplier of my daily bread. You're the one who supplied my need and I'm going to trust you in spite of what it looks like. I'm going to trust you because you are the God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. So what about you? All right, let's go to the next one. Confession. Confession. Everybody say confession. Confession. Say it again, confession. Confession. And it it, it, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The pardon of prayer. Here Jesus introduced us the very difficult subject of forgiveness. And there's probably not a person in this place Today, who has not, at some point in time, struggled with forgiveness? Some of you right now are struggling with forgiveness with someone who you were in relationship with and they hurt you deeply, and you may not even told anybody about it. You decide, well, I'm just going to pull back. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to I'm I'm treat. You, you ever heard this, this, this phrase? I'm going to treat them with a long handled spoon. You know what that means? Okay, I'm not going to let them get too close to me anymore because they hurt me the last time they were close to me. I feel this right now in my spirit. Some of you have, 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 have struggled with forgiveness. and Maybe it's your spouse that hurt you deeply. Maybe it's your children that went astray, went astray and, 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 and said some, some very ugly, nasty things to you. Maybe it was a co-worker or a church member that hurt you deeply, and you've had trouble forgiving that individual. But the issue of forgiveness is real because the problem of sin is real. And when we sin or someone sins against us, it's like a person running up a bill or accumulating the debt. Anybody owe you all some money right now? Anybody who got somebody, a family member that owes you money right now? Huh. And, and and when you see them, they act like they act like they don't know that they owe you. Now, trust me, they know that they owe you, but they act like they don't. It's it's just like accumulating a debt. There's something real that needs to be addressed when somebody owes you and don't pay you. Or don't arrange to try to do something different. Because we all can fall into hard times. But are, are you willing to, to do something different? Are you willing to reach out and say something? But when you don't do that, it, it, it causes uh, an ancient heart At that, The word forgive means to hurl away. Forgiveness had to do with casting or throwing away that which has caused the problem. In this case, the sin that blocks our relationship with God and with others is something that we got to throw away. Forgiveness, then, is the decision to no longer carry an offense on the books. I'm going to wipe that clean. Now, again, I told you before, forgiveness... Does not necessarily mean that the relationship is going to be stored to the level that it was prior to the thing happening. You have to earn trust. Well, if you forgive me, you ought to trust me right now. Baby, all the stuff you don't did. <laughs> and because you just came and said, Well, I'm sorry. And you go back and do the same thing again. Godly sorrow leaded to repentance if you are not repentant and keep doing the same thing, you haven't experienced godly sorrow. You just saw you got caught. And you just trying to make things smooth. But it's godly sorrow that caused you to turn away and walk in a different direction. Y'all with me today? So forgiveness. Now the fact that Jesus, can I just keep teaching all this for a little bit? The fact that Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way raises a theological question. This is a prayer believers ought to pray. But somebody might be saying, I thought that as a Christian, I was already forgiven. Why do I need to pursue forgiveness? Well, the answer is that the Bible teaches two kinds of forgiveness. Listen to it real carefully. There is the judicial or the legal forgiveness we receive when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. In the courtroom of heaven, guys, our sin debt was paid and our sin account was closed. Aren't you glad about that? I say it again. In the courtroom of heaven, our sin debt was paid and our sin account was closed. When God forgave you, he took care of your sins, past, present, and future, so that your sins will never come up again before God with regard to your standing before Him. I need y'all to understand that, okay? This judicial or legal forgiveness. The second kind of forgiveness is relational forgiveness, and here's where we struggle, right? This is the forgiveness we are urged to pursue in 1 John one and nine. Uh, go, go that right quick. Go to 1 John one and nine. Can we pop that up real quick? See, cleansing the effects of our sin that cause a break in our fellowship and intimacy with our Heavenly Father. We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta do this. He says, "What? Can you read with me?" He says, "What? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just." To forgive us our sins and to do what? To cleanse us from all what? From all unrighteousness. Read it with me again. If we what? Confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You cannot go into the presence of a holy God with sin compiled all up in your life. God can't stand sin in his presence. That's why I thank God for the blood that washes away my sins. Can I get a witness today? So, 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 1 John 1 and 9, we see what what happens when we confess. The blood cleanses us. God doesn't deal with us, uh, deal with his children as a judge, but as a father. Although the legal issue of sin is settled once for all, the relational issue of sin had to be dealt with regularly. Example, give me an example, and I'm going to move to this next one right quick. We do this with our children, right? Legally they belong to us even on their worst days. Can I get a parent a mama or a dad say, yes Lord? yes, Lord? Even on their worst days, they belong to us, right? Even when they're doing stuff that they act like, they're not a part of the Jones family. I don't know who that is. They're <laughs> not a part of the Smith family or the Bartley family. I don't know who that is. All right, are y'all with me today? Have y'all ever felt that way before? Sometimes I try to do something like, Wait a minute, who who are you? Who that over there? I don't know who that is. All right, so, 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 but watch this guy. Legally, they belong to us even on their worst days, but that doesn't mean they're always in good relational standing with us. Amen? When they mess up, we forgive them and restore the closeness. In the Lord's Prayer, we are asking God to remove the barrier of our sins, the, the barrier that our sins have erected between him and us, and restore us to the joy of his favor. So that's when we ask him for that forgiveness. We, we have to confess. And the, and the last one is deliverance. Deliverance. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last verse of this Lord's Prayer is the longest. And it's a great way to end this model prayer for Jesus' disciples. The question is often asked, why would we have to ask God not to lead us into temptation? Is that something he might do? Well, guys, the point is not that God might lead us into something we shouldn't be doing and we have to pray that he won't okay this is a request for divine protection in the midst of a fallen world guys that constantly bombards us with evil 24 7 he's he's asking for protection from the time we wake up in the morning until we go to bed at night and even while we're sleeping you and I are in spiritual danger the Greek word translated temptation here is actually a neutral word it can be used negatively as a temptation to do evil or positively as in a test the Lord sends our way to strengthen and mature us. And we have to study the context to tell which meaning is being utilized. Take, for instance, let me give this example and I've got to move on. If you go to the gym to lift weights and get in shape, you are under a heavy burden while you're lifting those weights. How many of y'all have lifted weights before or picked up a weight? Picked up a box. Picked up up anything. All right? (laughs) But you're under a heavy burden while you're lifting those weights. But, guys, it's a good burden because it's designed to tone and to exercise your muscles. Am I right about it? That's a positive use of weights. Can I get a witness? But if somebody took a heavy weight and threw it at you to hurt you, that would definitely be a negative use of weights. Am I right about it? If that weight hits you, you'll be in pain even more than you're in pain when you're lifting. Because if you lift weights, if you had not lift weights in a while and, and you go and start lifting, that first day you're you pumping it iron, you're you looking good, you're you like you feeling good, your arms start to get a little swole, and you're like, ooh, I'm feeling good about myself. And then not the next day, but two days later, or three days later, you're walking like this. My, am I the only one that's been there? Can somebody talk to me? Can you say, man, if I've been there before? Amen. Those muscles are pain and you're but it's a good hurt because you know you're working. You get them, you exercise them, you get them stronger, and eventually, if you keep doing it, you keep working it. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's going That soreness will go away, and you begin to be a little buff. You you start to get ripped and that type of thing. Can I get a witness? So, so guys, tip, there are things that come in our lives to test us, which is to help us get better. And there are things that come into our life that cause us to fall, which is for our detriment. The enemy brings things in our life to get us to fall, but God brings tests in our life to build us up, to promote us to the next level in him. Can I get a witness? So, so we got to understand that, that the difference between God's trials and the devil's temptation. Understand the difference. God wants to develop us. Satan throws us evils in order to destroy us. Let I me mean, say it again. God brings tests in our life to develop us. But Satan wants to destroy us with temptation. Now, let's get to this next point right quick. All right, so we're going we're to move on down. Uh, I, I shared with you uh, that it's important for us, if you look with me on your outline, Jesus' example was, first of all, the practice of prayer. He gave them the practice of prayer as he walked with them. They saw him praying consistently. There were many times that Jesus would have to pull away from them to get by himself to pray. And that's one thing I want to tell you. Have some quiet, quality prayer time. I mean, find you a place where your husband won't interrupt you, where your wife won't interrupt you. You're in there praying, and the husband's my, hey, you you finished yet? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's getting a little late now. You gonna get sleepy. You know what you promised uh, when you went? Oh, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Well, you know, you 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 know what you promised when we. Uh, you, you, you said we were going to spend some time together. Now, listen, when, when husbands say spend some time together, he's he not talking about reading the Bible. Say, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, if you're going, uh, some, some, of y'all, some of y'all look at me like, yeah, I, I, I feel you, Pastor. I feel you. I feel you, Pastor. I'm like, get, get your hands off me. I'm praying. Find you a place where you can get by yourself without interruption. Leave your doggone cell phone in the other room. i have tell you before, these things are good in their place, but they can be some of the biggest time wasters. Find you a place Where you can get before the Lord and be uninterrupted by your children, your husband, your wife, because wives will come in there. Wives will come in there, too, interrupting husband prayer time and asking them questions like, do you want to go to the store with me? (laughs) You know, wives don't just ask you come go to the store with me. They, they, they phrase as the question, do you want to go? So if you say, no, nah, I don't want to go, to her it's going to sound like you're rejecting her. Come on, Laura Jones. Look at me. Talk to me, Laura. Talk to me, Laura. I on the husband that's had that. Roger, I know you may have had that happen with Sister Mandy and some of y'all others in here. Any husband, some of y'all husbands scared. Don't, don't look at me, Pastor. Don't look at me. It's be here when I get home. Don't, don't, don't call me out, Pastor. Find you a place to get before the Lord and earnest prayer. Okay, so number two, watch this, watch. So they saw him demonstrating prayer, and there's a whole lot more, guys. I could unpack on the power of prayer, but but I, I gotta move Here's This next part, I know I won't finish this, but I got I gotta get get you here because see, some of us don't realize number two in our in our in our in the outline, Jesus model as they were, he was demonstrating the use of scripture as they operated in authentic community. Now let's watch, go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, the use of scripture. Because many of you are all sitting here right now, and I I love you, I promise you I do as your pastor. And I've been trying to encourage you and to pull you along. It doesn't matter where you are in your faith walk, every last one of us in here needs some time and trying to unpack and learn what the scripture is teaching us. Are y'all with me? So y- will y'all come with me? Will, y- will, y- will y'all go with me real quickly? And I-, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm fussing at you, which I'm not. I'm just trying to encourage you. Because see, somewhere along the line, the enemy has duped you or your flesh has duped you into thinking that I don't need everything that the church is saying I need in order to grow my faith. I don't really need people around me. I told you I was that guy. The Lord said, how are you going to minister to people and you and you? <laughs> you think you don't need people in your life? I understand what I'm saying. I'm not so insecure that I can't go eat lunch by myself. Are you with me? And But that's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is that if I and you and I are going to be effective tools in promoting the gospel message and message to people, we have to become more relational. That's why we did that study on emotionally healthy relationships, so you can learn how to deal with issues and not be afraid to talk to people. And there are many Christians who, who, who would rather be by themselves because they don't want to fool with people. Well, I'm telling you right now, you've been saved to fool with people. Look at your neighbor. Then I say, "Baby, you've been saved to deal with people." I don't want to say "fool." Fool would sound like they just a problem. But we've been saved to deal with people. So let's let, let's let's look at the scripture, okay? The use of Jesus often demonstrates the importance and use of the holy scriptures in his personal life. As he interacted with his disciples, and let's see this this case right here. He would take great pains to impress on his followers the meaning of passages in the Bible, and he never ceased to use the scriptures in his conversation with them. See, see, when I'm talking to you as a believer, I'm listening for what's 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 your foundational uh, thing that's that's giving you your theological construct. Why do you believe what you believe? And, and what I'm doing is I'm listening for, you know, a, a principle, a precept, a command from the Holy Scripture that tells me you are saying this because you believe this because of what the Word of God says. But I'll be honest with you. Many of y'all are telling me stuff that, that, you, that, that you feel and you believe because that's how you feel. And, and we all have feelings. We all have emotions but I would tell you it is critically important that if you're going to run with Jesus and be a warrior for Christ and be a disciplined one, a disciple one, you must learn how to let the word of God undergird your foundation and not your feelings and not your experience. Because if you're going to let your experience uh, 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 be the determining factor, then how can I, ca- how can I call upon you to counsel married couples. And, and, and when, you, when you get them before you, are like, baby, I understand. I would have hit him with that frying pan too. Because <laughs> my husband did the same thing five years ago and I got a knife and I was after him. <laughs> now I just sent you over there to counsel them, but you didn't have any undergirding with the word of God. And so you moved by your emotions and your experience rather than what the word of God says. So when I'm talking to people, I'm listening to see, okay, what's, what's their financial, or it's, 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 it's this movement that's got there now. <laughs> superiority, whether it's black or white. You know, there's a black superiority movement as well as there's a white superiority movement. And you that know the, the word of God know that all that's sin and it's against God's word. I'm going to say it again. It's sin and it's against God's Any Anytime you make your ethnicity above the word of God, you've made your ethnicity a God. And God said, I ain't going to have no other God before me. So whether you're black or white, you should be in the body of Christ and stop building up your ethnicity to the point to where it becomes a God. So I'm listening to hear what people's foundational truth is. Because either we're going to follow Jesus or we're going to do things our way. And I'm going to tell you, as long as Doll Adams is in this pulpit, we as a church are going to do it the way God's word says. Are you tracking with me? I don't care who says what. If it doesn't line up with the word, I don't care what your brother said. Thank God I love you and I pray you love your brother, but if your brother's not spiritually correct, and if we can't sit down and reason out of the scripture, hey, uh-uh, love you, but we're going to go with God. Because I got experience with him. I've seen him do some supernatural things. I've seen him heal my wife's body. I've seen him get us out of debt. I've seen him make a way out of nowhere. way. Won't he do it Monica Harris? I had the pleasure, the distinct pleasure of going over to Monica's and Max on yesterday to do a note burning service they just played off their house. Paid off a 30 year mortgage in eight years. Not 22 years off. Won't he do it? And if he did it for Monica and Mac, they had strategy. They went out there and nilly willy spinning it all out loud and Lord, come through, Lord, come through. They were tithers and givers of offerings, they were savers and investors. Some of y'all are waiting to make $200,000 before you do that. You start exactly where you are. If you learn to trust God at a minimum wage job, you can trust him when you're making a million dollars a year. So we had, we had a shouting good time on yesterday, burning that note. Just like we had a shouting good time two years ago when we burned a note on this building right here. Don't you tell me what my God cannot do. He's the way maker. I've, I've tried the man, and the man is all right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me calm down. Because I know what God can do. See, listen, here's, some of y'all follow folks who are articulate. They say a lot of good stuff, and they're just rapping and rhyming and diving and it makes you get up on your feet. But I'm looking at what's the result? You keep following these folks who who can articulate and talk, but has it improved your condition? See, people 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 can talk good, but is what they're saying gonna get you from where you are to what God wants you to be. So I, I wanna I wanna move with people who are doing it the right way. I, I I had a I was I I I, I shared a, a article with that uh, uh, my good friend uh, John, no, uh, Teddy Allen, uh, which we went to school at Tech. He's a little bit ahead of me, but he would write several articles on me when I was playing ball over at Tech. But Teddy did a, a little a Q&A with uh, Mr. Roy Griggs, who's one of the local McDonald's franchises. He has about 20 franchises, and and i I've, I've known Mr. Griggs for a long time, and he's a real uh, genuine Christian businessman, uh, and uh, has helped a lot of people by giving them that first job. Are y'all with me? See, a lot of folk go around talking about stuff. But I want to look at people who are doing something. That's okay to march, but at some point in time, you got to stop marching and talking with your bullhorn and start doing something. Tell me what you're going to do. Are y'all with me today? And when it comes to the things of God, it, it, it boggles my mind how we get sucked into stuff that has no physical, spiritual foundation to it. But it's because many of us have failed to use the scripture in our every life. Look go to Matthew 4 chapter. Come on. Don't go it. My time is wrong. Matthew the fourth chapter, verse number one. Can y'all go to him right quick? <laughs> oh Jesus. Watch this, watch this. As we get there, it was made clear to the disciples that if they were to continue in his fellowship by the Spirit. After he ascended back to heaven, they were gonna to have to abide in his word. And watch what happened. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Next verse says, For forty days and forty nights he was fast, he fasted and became very hungry. Y'all know this story. During the time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Make these stones become bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scripture says, People do not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, Jesus, go, go to the KJV. I love the KJV on this. Come on. Can we, I, I know you can follow me right quick, Brother Jay. Or whoever's up there, I think that's Brother Jason. Okay. Bless you, bless you. All right, watch this. But he actually said, it, it is, if you got your KJV Bible underlined, it is written. See, the enemy came, and what did Jesus, the Messiah, do? He went to what? The Word. Now, again, what am I saying? Jesus was in authentic community with his disciples. He, first of all, had a consistent prayer life, teaching them how to pray, and now he's modeling how to, how to deal with life's issues and temptations and tests that come our way. He uses the Word of God. He says, but he also said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Next verse, let's go, come on guys. Then the devil take him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. <laughs> Here, y- y- y'all do understand that the devil knows scripture, do not you? Remember in the Garden of Eden? When Eve says, you know, you know, every tree the God we can eat, of, but this one God said, don't touch. He said, yea, hath God said. <laughs> he takes the scripture and twists it. And he said, if thou be the son of God, cast yourself down for, he gonna... see, this what happened first of all. When he first came with the first temptation about, you know, he'd been fasting for a day and for nights. night. Jesus, the devil knew he was physically hungry. So he came with a temptation that he thought could get him to, to do something out of God's will. So when Jesus used the word, say, okay, he's using word. Let me use word and let me just leave some stuff out. I'm going to take word and I'm going to twist it. I'm going to take word and say, okay, we're superior to you because we are this ethnicity and you're inferior to us because you're that ethnicity. I'm going to take the word and twist it. So whenever, let me ask you a question. And Here's here's all these, some of these folks who I don't understand where they're coming from. I know where they come from, but it's the devil. How is it that you can take something that when somebody, if somebody misuses the Bible, does that, does that mean the Bible is not authentic? Because certain slave owners used, took passages out of the Bible to, 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 to maintain control over a slave, slave, does that mean that the, the inerrant word of God is, is no longer authentic because somebody used it for evil? No, they, they were wrong for using it the wrong way. But when you take the Bible in context, in proper context, study it, doing your proper exegesis, so you can have correct hermeneutical application in the modern day, then now we can begin to grow in faith. It ain't the word that's the problem, it's the people that's the problem. God's word is perfect. And we're going to stand on it. So the devil sees him stand on the word, so he says, I'm going to use scripture and I'm going to twist it. He says, and he says, If thou be the son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, he shall give these angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up. Lest any time thou... that, that, Satan is quoting this stuff. Lest any time thou that's thy foot against stone. Come on, let's go, guys. I'm out of time. Jesus said unto him, It is what? Written again. Jesus keeps going back to the word to deal with the enemy. Are y'all with me? Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God. Watch this. See, see, that, that, again, I get this expression all the time. God is your protector, your provider. But if, if a car is coming down that road 75 miles an hour, don't you jump in front of that car to me, the Lord's protecting my provider. <laughs> we will be federalizing you here next Saturday. <laughs> don't tempt the Lord thy like God. Some of us have been doing that. Again, the devil taking him up into the exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Watch this. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou fall down and worship me. Now understand something. Jesus already knew that he came, he was sent from the Father to the heaven, from heaven down to earth, to offer himself as a sacrifice for sin to people. And Jesus already knew that he's going to establish his millennial kingdom after the, the seven-year tribulation period. All you Bible prophecy people know that? That there is a great tribulation that's coming. And Jesus Christ, the church is going to be wrapped up out of here. Then the seven-year tribulation period will take place. At the end of that tri- seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ will come back to the earth to establish His the kingdom. Jesus already knew that. So what does, that, what does the devil do? Okay, I tell you what, I'm going to offer this because if if you go with me, you can skip all this going to the cross stuff, and you can have this kingdom right now. See, the devil tries to give you a shortcut to do things. Uh, well, I'm not going to do the study. You know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just. I'll just do the cliff note version. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just keep doing it the way I've done it. You know, God, 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 God's got me. Pastor, you, you, you want us to become disciples? I really don't want to become a disciple, Pastor. I just want to come to church. Pastor, why are, you, why are you constantly pushing us to get better, to grow in our faith? I just want to be, I want to do me. You're in the wrong church. I'm telling you, you're in the wrong church. Because I'm going to keep pushing you to be the best that you can be in Christ. And I know you can't do that just doing life the way you want to do it. Hello? Do you still like me? Am I becoming your enemy because I tell you the truth? Okay. I just want to make sure because some people don't like me when I tell the truth. Because now, you you see some of y'all seem to think, well he talking about me. If the shoe fit, now I'll grow out of it. Don't wear it. Grow out of it. And he said to them, all these things will I give thee, if I fall down and worship me, come on, I gotta go. Watch this. Then Jesus said to them, get thee hence, Satan, for it is what? It is. If you don't know what's written, you're gonna be at a distinct disadvantage when the enemy comes to attack you. You don't know what's written. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, oh, 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 no 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 what's written what's written how do I deal with this temptation this woman is coming at me and there's obviously a mutual attraction come on brothers you, you kind of know you've, you've kind of sensed and you felt that there was, a, there was something there she lingers around a little bit long after the meeting and you do too Oh you're, I I want to discuss with you you, know, you you linger around and then all of a sudden you find ways to run into her. Come on Christian man. Come on Christian woman. You find ways to to interact with him or her? <laughs> Somebody told me time by the front. Guys can I, we talk reality? I told you we have imperfect people in an imperfect church who are dealing with all kinds of things. So what do you do when it happens? You better go to the Word. Put the Word before your eyes because the Word has a way of, 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 of stunting those feelings, those, those things that are rising up in your sin nature. Right? It's hard to sin when you've got the Word before your eyes. And when, 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 that, when that thing starts to, to, to matriculate itself, then you go to the word of God. It says flee or run from sexual immorality. Every other sin you do uh, it, it's outside the Bible. That's, that's taking your body, which belongs to God, and, and, and connecting it with somebody who it doesn't belong to, and that's, that's, that's dishonoring God. It says run. It didn't say pray, did it? Isn't it interesting that the Bible says run from sexual immorality? You're sitting there trying to pray your way through. No, I ain't no praying there. Because when your body starts to react, your body, your flesh wants what the flesh wants. And so you better start saying, flee fornication. Run! Run! Putting the word before you. That's what Jesus did. So if Jesus did it, what about you? Get the event saved for it's written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. Now look at this next verse. Watch this. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Jesus consistently used the word of God as he interfaced with his disciples. And what I'm telling you as your pastor, I want to help equip you to be able to have the word of God before your face. You're not going to memorize every scripture in the Bible, but you all know basic scriptural principles. Principles. You ought to know what we teach about marriage. You all know what we teach, what we teach about finances. You all know what we teach about uh, spiritual gifts. You all know what we teach about how to deal with the devil. I mean, everything that we, we, we deal with life issues here. Amen? How to deal with your mother in law, how to deal with your father in law how to deal with your in-laws, how to deal with your cousins, your family. We talk about that here. And we give you a scriptural base for dealing with it. I want you to baby say, it is written. This is why I did this. It's written. Over here, Paul said this, and he wrote to the Church of Carmen. This is why we deal with this this way. I don't want you to keep telling me, well, you know, I just, I just feel. You feel what's driving your feelings. Most people's feelings are being driven by their past experiences and I want you to become a man of principle, a man of word. Jesus did not say I feel. He said what? It's written. So we'll unpack some more of that next week. Jesus used the scripture and the disciples saw him using that and we're going to be a church that stands on the Holy Scriptures. We're going to be a church that, that's seeking to fulfill God's plan for his church and if you don't, if, listen to me carefully, if you don't want to be a part of that I bet you Godspeed, love you. Go somewhere where they're going to preach hate. But we're not preaching hate around here. Did you hear me? We're going to preach the love of God that's available for whosoever will. Let it come. I, the old folks, you say, whosoever will. <laughs> Let them come. Let them come. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like on the outside, you are welcome in this place. And if you can't handle it, bye, Felicia. (laughs) Love you, but I can't go with you. We're gonna stay with the word. If he hit body back.